your seat this morning. Uh, if you'd find your seat, usher, uh, run them out of wherever they're at, sweep the restrooms, the foyer, parking lot, <clears throat> um, bring them into the house of God. Find your seat if you would, please. Uh, 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 core convictions is the, the title of this study. And uh, what triggered this study is dealing with people uh, who either, uh, you may have been raised in church, but you, you didn't connect all the dots, or you've been saved uh, five years, later years, and you didn't understand the core convictions of our fellowship in this congregation that brought us to this place. You, many of you have no idea. Most of the church world has no clue of what I'm going to teach you the next few weeks and have been teaching you. Have no clue. Uh, altars. Uh, they don't even do altar calls anymore. I'm just in Florida talking to all kinds of people. And uh, just the dynamics of our convictions. Core, core training. That which is critical to your health and your well-being and protects the vital organs of your body. Well, this is true in a, in a congregation. We have core convictions that have been fought for. Uh, people have paid a price for. People have lost friends over these. People have had to make stands against their families uh, to embrace these. They have sacrificed for these. They've laid aside time and their own interest and their own pursuits uh, to make these core convictions a part of the chemistry and the climate of a congregation. And these are absolutely critical, especially, it's, it's one thing to gather a crowd, it's one thing to get up and quote some Bible verses and be entertaining. It's another thing to raise up disciples and to plant churches. Um, and that's not just rhetoric or that's not just something uh, that once a year you have someone come in or something, but that's a heartbeat. And so there are core convictions that are critical that shape and fashion. When a, from the moment they come through the door, they're converted, they're unseen spiritual dynamics uh, that have been purchased that influence those people that excel them beyond themselves give them vision, destiny and everything begins to move away from just uh, religion as usual and or religion part time or hobby religion or when I have time uh, God this is my life I want to live this way you bless it all of that begins to be altered and so these flags are not an accident. That's why you can go to churches. They may have men, but they don't have any disciples. They can have couples. But the, uh, their, their attitude toward ministry, uh, their attitude uh, toward uh, church. Uh, uh, how many churches even have Wednesday night service anymore? <clears throat> how many of them even have Sunday night service? Uh, how many of them preach about sin? I mean, I've heard some of the biggies on, on TV. Uh, uh, Larry King live, and, and he just lay it out to him. that old reprobate. How many times have you been married? Eight times? 
Just lay it out. I heard Johnny Cash one time just pin him to the wall. Uh, and this guy, you know, he's no uh, uh, angel. Uh, but when Larry King laid into him and uh, he threw it right back in his face, he said, listen, Larry, and he got that cold, dead stare in his eyes. Uh, he said, listen, uh, you're messing with God and the things of God, uh, and you better mind yourself. I heard an old uh, Pastor Tory and I went to Billy Graham Library, and he interviewed Billy Graham years ago, and he's trying to mock him and stuff, and, and, and Billy Graham uh, threw it right back at him. Uh, you mean to tell me you're not a sinner? You're not lost? You're not going to hell? And But t today, uh, Joel Osteen, for one, he pinned him uh, about, so are Hindus going to heaven? Well, my father did a lot of ministry in India, and I'm not a judge, and I can't. Well, the Bible does judge. The Bible does judge. Say, if you're not born again, you're going to hell. I mean, that's, that's pretty simple. And, uh, and then others, I could go down the list. But, but my, my aim of this, and we've been through, we've talked about a number of things, and so I want to move on. I want to read the text, 2 Timothy 1, 13 and 14. Hold fast the pattern of sound words, which you have heard from me, in faith and love, which are in Christ Jesus. That good thing which was committed to you, keep by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. Chapter 2, verse 2. The things you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. I talked uh, last week, I'm not going to spend a lot of time here, about uh, uh, you and I are instruments of God's redemption. You've heard me make that statement if you've been here. You, in other words, you're saved, uh, not just to go to heaven, but God has work for you to do here. God has kingdom purpose. And, and we understand Jesus paid the price for redemption. We talked about redemption. We talked about uh, recovery. We talked about restoration um, and, and these redeeming. And so he redeems by his blood. But when they walk through those doors, and we had a number of great testimonies last week, they need to see redemption demonstrated in you. They need someone to love them and show them what a Christian is, how to forgive, how to survive life. I'm working on a sermon. It's one thing to have a conversion experience. It's another thing to have a renewed mind. And if you don't have a renewed mind, you can have an experience, but I doubt if you're going to make it for God, and especially you're not going to make it for God very successfully. Uh, you have a renewed mind is, is how would Christ in the Bible and the Holy, how would you process life? The difficulties, the setbacks, the struggles, the conflicts, the rejections, uh, and the list goes on and on. <clears throat> but we talked about redemption and we gave a number of illustrations and et cetera uh, uh, concerning that. Um, instruments of reconciliation and restoration and recovery uh, takes people. And so I'm not going to go through all of that again. But uh, I want to talk about another core conviction that follows up on instruments of God's redemption. Um, and, and that's you and I are called to be a witness. God saves, but he needs your witness. God needs you. To testify. 
God needs you to speak. And this is a part of the core. I, I don't care. Uh, I pioneer churches if it's 10 people, 100 people, or hundreds of people. There has to be witness. There has to be testimony to the lost, the unsaved. This has to be a clear, we'll talk about that, a clear, direct testimony is your words of what you have seen and what you've experienced. Your witness. And the, the lost, unsaved world gets under conviction when you witness and testify. It's a collision of souls. It's not friendship evangelism. It's not we're going to be so cute to, uh, that you just can't wait to get here on Sunday morning to see how cute we are and, and how, how talented and etc. And so uh, uh, we're called, uh, and this is critical, so I want some scriptures. Jesus came to save, heal, and deliver. This is our burden. This is our vision for the souls of humanity from India to Africa to Russia to Mexico to here. So I need some scriptures. I need Matthew 18 and 11. We'll get this. Uh, Matthew 18 11. Luke 19 10. Let's go. We got a bunch of them. Bill. Uh, Matthew 9 13. Ike. Um, um, Luke 5 31. Um, um, uh, and 32. Mark 2 17. Uh, Matthew 23 37. Uh, Christian. Luke 5 4 through 7. Uh, Guillermo. Uh, Luke 15 8 through 10. Dave. Uh, uh, Caleb. Luke 15 11 through 24. Uh, Jason, uh, from Genesis to Revelation, no, not really. Uh, John 4, 29, and also 39. I need someone else, uh, Luke 14, 21 through 23. Raymond, Luke 14, 21 through 23. John 4, 35. Uh, who will get that for me? John 4, 35. Yes, sister. Uh, Isaiah 43, 10. Who's got that? Isaiah 43, 10. Need one more. Uh, Isaiah 43, 10. Uh, okay, and so uh, uh, let's, let's look at Jesus as an example. Let's look at what he said and what he did. Matthew 18, 11. <clears throat> Matthew 18, got anybody with Michael? For the Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. Okay, th he said, this is why I came. Luke 19, 10. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. To seek, to search out, to hunt down, and save that was lost. Uh, Matthew 9, 13. But go ye and learn what that meaneth. I will have mercy and not sacrifice. For I am not coming in to call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. He said, I came to call sinners to repentance. And so, every one of us here, if you want to be like Jesus, somewhere that has to be a part of your life. Okay, uh, Luke 5, 31 and 32. Jesus answered and said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. Okay, he said, I've not come to call, I've come to call the sinners to repentance. That, that has to be a part of our, every ministry, 
is to call sinners. I don't care if it's a wedding. How many weddings have you been to where they preach and give altar calls? Other than here. In our fellowship. I mean, I'm just asking. Probably none ever in all your life. You probably never heard of one. I have big fights with family members who come from around the world and want to dictate how I'm going to do a wedding. And uh, I say, no problem. Uh, you don't like it? You go down justice of peace. I'm no problem with that. Get married. But if you're going to do it here, if you qualify, we're going to have a Jesus people wedding. And it's what's interesting. After these weddings, some of these people uh, come to me and say, that was the most incredible wedding I've ever been to in all my life. I'm going to get me one of them Jesus people weddings. <laughs> and I've had them say those exact words. And I'm thinking, well, you better get saved and live for God first. But anyway, uh, uh, okay, Mark 2.17. When Jesus heard it, he said to them, those who are well, I have no need for a physician. But those who are sick, I do not come to call the righteous, but sinners to okay, repentance. Okay, he, here he, he says, this is my passion. This is my heart. This is why I came. And this is why, one of the reasons you and I are born again, <clears throat> okay, uh, you can hear it in his voice and in his words, Matthew 23, 37. <clears throat> <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> o Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee. How often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hand gathered her chicks under her wings, and ye would not. Uh, 37 back there, Matthew 23, 37, 37. Put it up on the board again, 37, 37. Okay, and so he read this, and so here he says, O Jerusalem, you that killed the prophets. And he says, I wanted to gather you as a hand, but you wouldn't. You can feel his passion uh, I wanted to gather you. I wanted to save you. I wanted to spare you. I wanted to redeem you. And so this is a core conviction of this congregation and our fellowship. And so um, uh, then he gives these parables. Uh, they're, 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 Luke 15 is a great chapter of parables. You should read it. I've preached many sermons on it. So Luke 15, 4 through 7. Did I give that to anybody? No, I meant Luke. <laughs> uh, what man of you having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. Now think of that. More joy in heaven. Now I'm just throwing it out straight this morning. I've been preaching all week, Florida last night, uh, 25 year anniversary in Mesa. But uh, uh, how many churches even today are even going to give a chance for a sinner to come to repentance? So that means heaven's no rejoicing. Right? And so here he's talking 
about the lost sheep and, and the one who wandered away, the one not necessary. The world can suck you away from the flock of God. Does it, this, this is different than, than the prodigal. This is one who is a, a sheep. They, they need a shepherd. They wander. Uh, they're enticed uh, and, uh, and they get trapped. And he said, I leave the 99. I go search for the one that was lost. And when I find it, uh, oh, the joy. Is that you? Do you get more excited about one sinner? Who you, who's coming today that, because of you that's lost? The lost sheep. The next parable, Luke 15, 8 through 10. Either what woman, having ten pieces of silver, if she loses one piece, does not light a candle and sweep the house and seek dil diligently till she finds it. And when she's found it, she calls her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I had lost. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repents. Okay, this, this one's lost in the house. Lost in the house of God. Lost in your house. It's, uh, you, you've heard me say, uh, church kids have to be converted. Preacher's kids have to be converted. The problem it, the, the, the damning of the soul is people raised in church. Uh, they know what to say, how to act, what's coming next, but they're not converted. They're not born again. They're not saved. Isn't that tragic? Uh, and they, and they, if you're not, you'll go to hell. Uh, to me, that uh, you're in hell. How did I get here? Well, I, I, but I knew this. You're, you're like the man. I've kept the commandments. I've done this. I've done that. I've done this. I've done that. In the house of God, people can come in, and especially when they're raised, and they just kind of assimilate. It's like a, a culture. They know people here. They get married. They meet people here. They have relationships here. They feel comfortable here. Uh, but they're not converted. You must be born again. And are you weeping over people in your house that are not saved? In your family, that are not saved, they're lost. See, this, this is what's built this church, is this heart for the sinner. This, this passion for souls. And, and, and you stand and speak. You got a friend here. And they're raised here, and you know they're not right with God. You know, they come to church, but they never talk about Jesus. You go out to eat. You never hear them witness. You never hear them uh, inspired uh, about the things. I've, man, I've been, I was reading this this morning. Man, I was reading this. I was just reading a scripture the other day. Uh, Zach, I believe it's in Zechariah. I'm going to preach a sermon on it. About God said, I'm cursing you because you wore the fashions, the clothing of this world. And then you leaped over thresholds. And you instigated violence. And, and so, but, but, but does anybody ever talk to you? You're, man, I read this. Gosh, this is a, I just had a conversation with a young lady in my office this morning. Man, she's just talking about God, how she wants to get close to God. And God's been touching me and God's been, is that you? Is that you? Is that you? Are you more excited about your phone than the Bible? Uh, you're going to hell. Can I say that plain? Uh, a phone's not going to save you. 
It's not going to bring you to heaven unless you're reading the Bible on it, and I doubt it. Amen. It's addictive. You're addicted like a dog. Amen. Okay. Praise the Lord. Pastor Johnson's preaching this morning. I'm going to let you have it all right now in about 30 minutes. Amen. Both barrels. But that's true. It's true. That's what's so agonizing. It's absolutely true. Do you, are you inspired? The, 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 the lost, dying, insane humanity. I'm, I'm telling you, uh, uh, Robert Hedegaard, he knows more about America. He's got too much time on his hands. That tent needs to be there. He sent to me these uh, things on YouTube or something about this new drug. Of, I'm not even sure I'm pronouncing it right. Flacca? Anybody heard of it? You've heard of it? I mean, he, and there were some videos. I watched a little bit. I was afraid to watch it. I'm talking about this, and it's sweeping America. They, these, and, and it's like they're, they're, this, this drug is unclean, dirty, nasty chemical. They take, they go nuts. They run. I'm, it's got these people running full steam and just uh, propel themselves through the windshield of a car. I'm talking about shattered the windshield of a car. I'm talking about they're on the ground, these cops, five policemen can't contain them. And they, they, does that move you? What's happening to our nation? This, this present president just made this, this decree that all the schools, you're going to, if you're a transvestite, if you say you can go into a men's bathroom or a woman's bathroom. How stupid can you be? You are dumber than dirt. If I was a young man, I'm going to choose the women's bathroom. How stupid can you be? Do you want your daughter in there with the... Come on, come on. Where's your common sense? Sheesh. But anyway, praise the Lord. I'm, so let's, let's go to the, um, Luke 15, 11 through 24. Then he said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, uh, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began What's to that noise? want. Huh? Nursery. <laughs> Go ahead. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine, and would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he had came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against you, uh, since, uh, sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe, put it on him, and put a ring on his 
hand and sandals on his feet, and bring the fatted calf here and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he is found, and they began to be merry. Okay, here's the backslider. Raised in church, house of God, took his inheritance, went and wasted it in the ungodly, unclean life. Uh, when he came back, the lamb was slain, uh, and he said, my son, which was dead, is alive. And what's it, what? Alive what? Again. Again. And so, but he gives these different parables of the lost sheep, the lost coin, the lost prodigal, uh, and all of these, though, are, are, is a message to you and I to have a heart for people. This is tailgating on the one I did the last two weeks on redemption. Instruments of God's redemption. Seeking and searching. Compassion. Speaking to. And so God called you and I to be his witnesses as you witness and testify, this brings their conviction. When you stand and declare and give testimony to the unsaved, there's God's anointed conviction comes upon that. Preached a sermon last, uh, I don't know, two weeks ago, Sunday morning. Had a lot of response. Do Who are you? And I in that, I gave the thing about David. David here, he sinned against God and he thinks he's, he, everything's good, man. He's, and I won't rehash all that. But when the prophet came and spoke to him, told him the parable, and he said, David, you're the man. David, as he did that conviction, exploded in Psalms 51. God needs your testimony. Okay, John 4, uh, tw verse 29 and verse 39. Did I give that to anyone? I got it. Okay. Come see a man who told me all the things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Okay, this is a woman at the well. Okay. Verse 39. And many Samaritans of the city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me all that I ever did. Okay, this woman, Jesus, this incredible sermon to one person. Woman at the well. He witnesses to her. She goes and testifies. And the city comes out. And many of them believe because of what she said. How many people has God got waiting for you to tell them? When's the last time you told someone what Jesus had did for you? A sinner lost. Witnessing is a core conviction of our church. And we can't lose this. She testified. Jesus' story, the Great Supper, Luke 14, 21 through 23. So that servant came out and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out and quickly into the streets, lanes of the city, and bring here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. Okay, go out quickly. Where? In the streets, in the lanes, in the neighborhoods. Go ahead. And the servant said, Master, it is done as you've commanded, and there is, there is room. 
Then the master said to the servant, go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. Okay, who are you compelling to come in to God's house? Who are you compelling? When's the last time you can, that's a strong word. Who are you compelling? Do you even care people going to hell? Does he move you? Are you so much in yourself and in your phone and in your your selfie, selfish life? Do you, do, you, do you even care? See, that's what built this church. That's what built this church is a passion and a compassion and a vision and a heart for sinners. In the, the maim, the lame, the blind, the halt. Go out and compel them, urge them. It's a strong, powerful word. A strong arm. Do, get them into my house. Did you do that? Are you doing that? Or somewhere along the way have you lost that? Or have you ever had it? John 4, 35. I give that to anybody? Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. Okay, this is the follow-up. The woman at the well, and you've heard me talk about this. Some feel the disciples, when they went into town to buy food, they walked right by this woman. They walked right past her. She was going to the well. They're going into the city. Walked right past her. And he said, can't you see? Get your eyes. Why are you, what are you looking at? What, what holds your eyeballs? What captures your vision? What turns you on? What inspires you? What motivates you? What stirs you? So get your eyes. Lift them up. Lift them up. Up, 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 up. Look what's happening here because of this one woman. Look, look, look. Here they come. Here they come out of the city. White. This huge group of people. Isaiah 43.10 You are my witness, says the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me, there was no God form, nor shall there be after me. You are my witness. You're my witness. I need a few more verses. John 3, 1 through 4. Did I give that to anybody? Who'll get it? Who'll get it quick? John 3, 1 through 4. Uh, Raymond, uh, John uh, 5 through 8. Bill, uh, and verse 11, uh, Dave, uh, John 3, 16 and 17. So, so here is one of the classic sermons of all time, and Jesus spoke it to one man. I wonder how many people, uh, you get up, uh, maybe even last night, well, I think Patrick did it last night, but you, you're in extreme, you're on the platform, you sing, you, but when it comes to you witnessing to one person, 
one person you work with, one person you go to school with, one neighbor, outreach, one person. It's not even, I'm not talking about street preaching. I'm talking about one person. Here's this classic sermon, and Jesus gave it to one individual. John 3, 1 through 4. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher, come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it's coming from or where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus. Verse 11. Okay. Most assuredly, I say to you, we speak that we know and testify what we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. Okay, watch this. He says these, in, these incredible words. We speak. We testify. We witness. And this man is religious. Are you born again? Are you born again? How do you know if you're born again? You have a, uh, one of the things, there's this incredible desire and passion for God and to live for God and to know God, to follow God, to want God's favor, blessing, approval. Want to uh, do his will. Build his kingdom. But most of all probably is to tell people about him. You've, you've heard me say this. What if you were married and your wife showed up or your husband, they showed up where you work and nobody even knew you were married. This your wife? <laughs> you never, you've been working here 10 years. Mary, this is your husband? How would you feel? Jesus said, if you'll confess me before men, I'll confess you before my father. Where do you work at? Does they know? And I want to just throw this out in Sunday school. I can do this. and Probably not too many of us here. But anyway, uh, I'm hearing more and more across the planet. I'm talking about I was just in Florida. Starbucks. Uh, uh, people who I, I advise no one to work there I'm hearing more and more one they're, three out of four are on some kind of drug addiction and it's a, it's a cesspool of perversion oh I just touched the golden calf 
I mean, I, I'm hearing this from one corner, I, I, and these are not things I solicited. I'm talking about just in conversation with people. I'm hearing this. And, and I, you know, and I understand, you know, I'm not saying every last one of them or every person there. I'm just telling you what I'm hearing. They hire all these young people, and, and so many of them have these uh, uh, history and, and drugs and uh, addictions and then the perversion. And again, I'm just, uh, I'm talking about I was just in Florida and had a, a couple of conversations there. Praise the Lord. Amen. And so um, uh, he said we testify. Verse 16 and 17. John 3, 16 and 17. Dave. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Okay, and so all of this came out, see, out of this, this conversation with Nicodemus. And so a core conviction that we cannot lose. Do you, uh, do you witness, do you tell people about Jesus? I'm talking about broken, lonely, lost, unsaved. When's the last time you really told someone, you really individually uh, I'm not talking about now extreme on Saturday night and you're up there giving an altar call. That's wonderful and good. But I'm, I'm talking about where you are, where you live, your family, your neighbors, the grocery store. Where are you? Where, where? Do you? And I got a bunch more stuff here. Maybe I'll have to do it next week. But the seed must be sown by you. Uh, got five minutes. Questions? Uh, Benny? Oh, if I could run like that. I'd score 40. Uh, one thing about what you said about Starbucks, Pastor, just so you know, that's every job now. What's that? Almost every place I've worked in the last 10 years. I mean, half of them are swingers. It's not just Starbucks. I right. understand that. Yeah, yeah it's I insane. And, and I understand so, if you if you work there, God love you. Sometimes you just got to work where you work. I understand that. But I'm just giving you a heads up uh, that watch yourself. And you know the best way to defend yourself. Shh. Let me tell you about the Son of the Living God who saved me and set me free. He can deliver you and get away from me, you pervert. George. Something I'm finding, because I witness, I do. I, I love God and I love people and I witness. I, I have, I'm on the bus a lot, so I have opportunity. But something I have to guard my heart against, you mentioned a word, becoming calloused. What's that? You mentioned a word about becoming calloused last Sunday. And the thing is that I've seen so many people, and now I'm like, uh, too frequently, I'm surrounded by, like, we're talking about the very lowest of humanity. We're talking about people who are dirty and they smell like, you know, 15-day-old whiskey or whatever they've been, you know, whatever they're consuming. You know, and they, they, they really, 
and you can become callous, and you have to guard your heart against yeah. that and understand that when they were children, they didn't wish for this life, and that you have the key of hope to change what they're in because only God can deliver them, and you have to be the vehicle that speaks the truth in love for them to be converted. Yep, yep. Uh, uh, you, you, it's your spirit. You're not trying to damn them to hell. You're, you're, spe- you're not afraid to talk about hell or, uh, and bring conviction, but at the same time, you give hope and you love them. Raymond. I remember when I uh, first got saved, you know, and I would go out with a couple of the guys and they would, you know, witness and testify. And um, I remember I was at my workplace, man, and I felt like God was uh, dealing with me to witness. And I remember the opportunity was perfect. You know, God had laid it out. We're talking about his life. And I was sitting there and I was scared. You know, I was in And why is that? Were you scared as a sinner? You don't look like a scared guy. (laughs) So let's talk about that. Why were you scared? I was scared, honestly, because I I was putting everything on myself that um, them rejecting Christ was them rejecting me as a person. And... um, as I, in prayer, and as I realize that it's them rejecting Jesus. You know, they're not rejecting me as a person, but, we, you know, us as people, we don't want to, you don't want to feel like you're going to be in a situation where you're going to be rejected. So you kind of, you, you stay away from those situations. So for me, for a lot of the time I was saved, I would go street preaching, I would do things in a group, but when it was me one-on-one with somebody, I, I had this, this fear would come on me. Yeah. Yeah, and so think about that for a minute. You can talk about football, you can talk about basketball, you can talk about school, you can talk politics, you can, you can talk about your work. You can, I mean, talk about, but when it comes to Jesus, are you committing the sin of silence? When it comes to talking about Jesus, you can talk about Disneyland, you can talk about your experiences, you can talk about this and that, but when it comes, do you really talk to the people who need him most. That's what Jesus said. I came not to the righteous. I came not to those. I came to those who are sick. That's who I came to. And so you, somewhere you have, why don't I? Why don't I? If you don't, why, why do I not? And, and I know there's intimidation, and it's demonic. It is demonic. It is, it is from hell. It's a demonic assault, a mental, spiritual, demonic assault from hell. Here's Peter, bold. Oh, you're one of them. <laughs> not me. <laughs> oh, yeah, you talk like, no, 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 no. Let me tell you how I really talk. X, X, O, O, dash, dash. But after Pentecost, after the Holy Ghost, oh, what a change. Anybody, anybody, ah, we got to stop, sorry. Uh, Praise the Lord, amen. We'll pick it up next week. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you.